0: This is the I Read Comic
1: Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week are two of our regular fantastic human beings and a special guest. This week we have Tia Vasilio. Hello. Kara Shamborski. Hey. And Chris Sabela. Chris, welcome to the show. I, I know you've been on the This Is Not An Interview series, but welcome to the regular I Read Comic Book Show. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into our whole regular jazz of things?
0: Uh, sure. I'm a, uh, I'm a comic book writer. Um... I've written a bunch of stuff. Currently, I'm writing uh, Crowded, coming out from Image, which just got nominated for an Eisner for Best New Series. Congratulations. Um, And I have two new books coming out uh, uh, next month. Uh, One's called uh, Trustfall from Aftershock with Chris Visions, and the other is Test uh, from Vault Comics with uh, um, Jen Hickman and... uh, when I'm not doing that, I'm being an idiot on the internet.
1: <laughs> you know that's okay. I think I think the rest of us, or at least I, can attest to being an internet internet idiot as well. So because
2: I want to thank you for being on this show because I think at this point Mike is afraid to put Mia and Tia together in the <laughs> digital room, but apparently with a guest it's okay. So yeah, thank you I'm for letting buffer. Tia
3: and I talk to one another recorded.
0: Sure. Way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: We'll be on our best behavior because we have a guest.
1: <laughs> Listen, I know that that's absolutely not what's going to happen today. So, <laughs> yeah, that seems unlikely. Yeah, uh...
3: Chris is a good influence on us. What are you talking about?
1: Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, let's stop recording. Um... <laughs> Anyways let's let's do the thing we do every week and let me ask the question I ask you guys every single week. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Tia.
3: Okay, well, I'm just going to point out that in the show notes for today, in this section I've written, Leave Me Alone, I was at TCAF reading zines made by art Hose, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's basically what I've been reading this week. Um, I was at TCAF last weekend, I bought a bunch of zines, they're awesome and beautiful and cool, and oh, I also picked up um, Megan Mogg in Amsterdam, because... I love Megan Mogg and for some reason I didn't have that volume and so I've been reading that and cracking me up that Simon Hanselman's book with the witch and her um, cat boyfriend and um, yeah I I wish I had more to report for you but I was very busy at TCAF putting together a fashion zine and um, so I'm like the Grace Coddington of comics now I guess I don't know
1: Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, it's it's okay to plug your your cool cool fashion zine, please.
3: So me and Hope Nicholson of Bedside Press were like, comic book people are pretty fucking stylish and we love them and it's cool and like how can we document this? So we were, we came up with this idea to do like a fashion magazine about people in comics. And it's like not about the designs that they do for their characters, although, you know, that certainly is part of it. But it's more about like people's personal style, especially at cons where everybody like tends to, you know, get a little more uh, into it in terms of like, you know, there's parties and you're like at your table or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah, we did photography. You got a yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, we we hired a photographer, um, Paul Hilliard, who is amazing, and we took a bunch of pictures. And um, yeah, so that'll be out when we're done putting it together.
1: <laughs> that, I mean, you don't need to put a date on. It. That's really exciting. I'm, I'm glad you got to do that because I. It sounded like you guys had a blast from the little bits and pieces. I think I've seen on the internet and in our in our Telegram chat and stuff.
2: I mean, for our listeners who. Haven't been to TCAF, which is, oh, does it stand for the Toronto Comics Arts Festival? Yeah.
3: Did I get it? Okay. So,
2: for our listeners who haven't been, can you describe the convention in brief? Because it's very different from mainstream comic conventions.
3: Oh, yes. Yeah. There's no Marvel in DC. There's not even image. There's no TV, like people. You're not getting autographs from celebrities unless you think, um, like, cool indie creators and like famous manga creators like Junji Ito was there that was cool right. um you know so like it's just a different crowd it's like a little it's a little bit more like artsy and indie yeah. it's in a library it's a, in a library which right. I love which yeah is that great. was the other piece I was yeah. gonna bring up so um so yeah the second issue of the zine that we're hoping to do if this one works out is probably going to be Eisner fashion so Chris like mm. you know got to i don't know if you're if you're planning on going to the Eisner since you haven't um your book nominated but um you know if you'd like to be f- featured talk to me after the show we'll get you in,
0: we'll get you <laughs> an, an editorial exclusive. yeah yeah oh, yeah no there's not like yeah uh i might put a shirt <laughs> with a collar on uh, oh <laughs> and maybe pants that aren't jeans so uh and maybe a tie <laughs> that, I mean, hey, I i was talking to
3: um a friend, Ivan Salazar, about how it would be fun to do like a Met Gala style arrivals at the Eisners. <laughs> what color <Sure>. carpet? <laughs> I mean, Anna Wintour already got the pink one. I know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, this was supposed to be about what I read this week. And the answer is, um well sorry guys <laughs> some zines. it's okay yeah. that's all
1: right you know you had a very busy weekend and it sounds like it was productive and that's all that we we can hope for in sometimes or in some cases so anyways kara what about you how have you been how have comic books been
2: i'm delightful uh it is it is raining in california oh thank you tia it is raining in california and all the californians hate it and i love it i've been the most obnoxious rainy week person ever everyone at my place of work, who is a Californian, hates me right now because I'm just like, guys, it's raining. It's raining a lot. And they're like, I know, I hate it. I'm like, no, 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 this is good. The plants need it. I need it. This is wonderful for the <laughs> whole planet. <laughs> like, they're over me because they keep complaining that it's cold. I'm like, you don't know what cold is until you've been in a polar vortex in Manhattan. And it's like, yeah. So, uh, in terms of comics, I'm the perfect segue from Tia because I read mm. The Prince and the Dressmaker by Jen <gasps> Wang yeah <laughs> which is an absolutely stunning graphic novel about a prince who wants to wear dresses and he finds this like avant-garde dressmaker who wants to be a designer and they spark up a friendship while she helps him look the way that he wants to look and the illustrations of the clothes in this graphic novel are so beautiful like I want to I want to this is one of those books that I want to like pass back in time to my younger self because um like I don't I don't know if fourth grade me would have appreciated this book but like middle school high school me for sure but but I'm saying fourth grade because that's when I was convinced I was going to be a fashion designer and so I have all these like lined notebooks full of all of these clothes that I would I was drawing all the time so this this book reminded me heavily of that moment in my own life and I was like yes this speaks to me so when Tia was talking about the the fashion shoot that she and Hope were doing and all how the people who go to comic conventions do have an opportunity to express themselves style wise in a way that you might not in the normal world I was like uh yes this book we have all been about fashion at this moment in time mm-hmm. so yeah I, I really loved it i love the colors i love the storytelling i i i did tear up towards the end out of joy it is a wonderful book and if you love fashion or just like if you love good storytelling and storytelling about gender fluidity i highly recommend
0: yeah
1: it was a it's like a it's like a disney story. That is about something that's a very, I think, hard topic for some people to, to understand. And it's such a solid comic from beginning to end. I just, yeah, I love that. That was that was a book that really blew me away when I read it. Hmm. Uh, well, Chris, what about you? What have how have you been? How have comic books been? I know you first time on the the full show. I mean, I guess how have you been in general? Uh, Especially with the Eisner nomination, that's got to be exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I've been good. I've just been kind of digging out uh, um you know trying to get work done and not being hugely successful at it it's a weird year for me so um gotcha <clears throat> yeah i'm just kind of uh i don't know um enjoying uh life with a dog mostly mm-hmm. uh yeah that's that's kind of uh my scene uh, i guess I don't know yeah um it's been a weird year um but i'm okay and uh yeah i'm excited about the eisners um i'm sure we won't win but it's cool uh (laughs) i i feel like it's best to just go in with low low expectations and
2: you sound like sure. one of those, you sound like one of those Hollywood people who, when they talk about that, I'm thinking specifically of Tropic Thunder, where Ben Stiller's talking about, his, like, oh, like, oh, to even be, to even be nominated for an Oscar. And the the villain is like, you were nominated? And he's like, no, but like, to be nominated itself would be wonderful. You see, you sound like that.
0: <laughs> it is. It's it's pretty cool. Like, winning would be nice, but honestly, like, just getting invited to the table um, is, I don't know, it's nice validation that like, I'm not crazy. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that I think we're doing really well, like other people uh, like it too. Um, You know, I don't know, it's weird, like, even even with like, social media and stuff, like, I still feel like so much of this stuff is is done in a vacuum that like, getting sort of that big external validation is really nice sometimes.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, congrats. That's it's it's honestly like a huge honor. I, in the the book is solid, you know, from what I read. I read the first trade. It's really solid. So you could take it from me as well. You're hearing it first first person. Sweet. <laughs> I'll mark it down. But- Expert yeah.
3: comic book reader, Mike Rappin, approved. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've
1: been to two art history museums, that's so true. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mike uh, <laughs> has been to the Louvre. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, so Chris, what, what comics have you been reading? If, if any at all. Sometimes I realize people are really busy, like Tio's at TCAF. If you haven't read anything, that's totally fine.
0: Uh, the the only thing i read so far this week is I read uh, the new issue of Fair Lady. Um, nice. The Brian Shermer, Claudia... Bul- I never know the last name Bulboni, I think. Um, but it's out through Image, and it's like a, it's sort of a fantasy adjacent um, detective book. Um it's very like nice and self-contained. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice. It's it's nice to be able to just like, oh, I can just like pick this issue up and read it, and I don't have to like. Um, I, I'm such a completist that like. I, Uh, even like with comics like when the new issue comes out i will go back and read you know the previous issues to make sure like that i'm getting the complete experience um so it's nice to have a book where it's like no you don't need to do that it's like completely fresh and new and you can just walk away at the end so yeah i read the first issue that
1: i haven't haven't sat down to read the second issue yet but that i really dug the first issue
0: yeah i uh i you know i've known brian for a while um and normally like fantasy stuff is not my bag at all it's my least favorite genre um but uh but yeah he he's he's a good enough like he's good at what he does so he he even makes me give a shit so
1: (laughs) gotcha well cool man i i'm i will have to check out that second issue then um well, for me, I have been reading a ton of books. I sat down, like, the other day, and I was just at home, and I read a ton of my, like, physical floppy books that I had. Um, but the two I want to talk about um, real quick is I read Excellence Number no. 1. It was my pick of the week last week, and it was as good as I hoped. I'm very excited to dig in on that book. Um, it's, it's a real fun mix of what feels like modern... It's, it took a real hard twist, I guess. There was a twist that I didn't see coming, and I was really into it by the end of the first issue. I don't want to spoil it, because I think everyone should go out and read this new book. Um, Excellence number one, it was really solid. Um, but the other book I want to talk about is Black Badge. Uh, I just read issues one through nine. like I sat down and read all nine issues in a sitting. and um, It's not a book that you really have to do that with. I think it, it has a very like standalone feeling from issue to issue or there's like two or three issue arcs um this is from matt kent and tyler jenkins and tyler jenkins's wife whose name i'm blanking on um and yeah i think this is like a perfect team for comics it feels like a really low budget action series um from like beginning to end, there's like all these characters that are super lovable. And just in the last four or five issues, they've kind of opened up the world beyond just the main black badge characters. And for those who don't know who this what this book is, imagine if the Boy Scouts had like an ultra elite version of their group where you they were basically wet works like assassins and demolition experts and they went out across the world pretending to be boy scouts, but it turns out that they were actually on like this super secret mission for the government or for some unknown entity. And as the story has unfolded, things aren't maybe as they seem from the beginning. Um, And in the last couple of issues, we've met these other teams. There's like a team of psychics. There's like the girl scout team who are like a team of, uh, uh, they sell quote unquote cookies, which are actually just bricks of c4 um and we we meet uh the the intelligence team and we meet uh uh, another team and it's we were starting to get little insights on each of these teams as they're put into this battle royale style story like it's so like convoluted to how they get from uh like a the beginning story about just like going and doing missions to this battle royale but it's really fun to look in on each of these teams and see um Kent and the jenkinses like explore their backgrounds and we've got some really cool character design i i really like tyler jenkins's art like quite a bit um his gra- work on grass kings really really sold me and i think working with his wife on colors in this book has been fantastic like they're both very very good painters in general and yeah, i I've really digging this book. So if you haven't given it a chance, I think the first volume's got to be out. This is from Boom Studios. Um, Black Badge is, is super solid. I've been digging it.
2: As a Girl Scout from first grade through senior year of high school, I need to read this immediately. Thank you.
1: I, I think you would enjoy it. I mean, the like the Girl Scout bit of it isn't like a pr- major major focus of the story yet. My
2: brother was in Scouts, too. I, yeah, I, I think, know the deal. I think you'll like it. I'm that person who in job interviews tends to trust Eagle Scouts. <laughs> like see, like if you're if, if if I'm interviewing you for a job and you were a scout for a prolonged period of time and like like you don't even have to have the award cuz like I never got my gold award for girl scouts. I'm that mm-hmm. person who's like, I know who you are. You know how to tie a knot. Let's do this.
3: <laughs> I know. That was like the beginning of a of an adult manga that I think I have read once <laughs> no, Okay. I'm
2: sorry, that was I just I, I forget how this came I Okay. Moving on. It, to be fair, it's come up exactly one time in an interview, but I did I hire think. that person. Oh. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. Did HR get involved immediately afterwards? <laughs>
1: Oh goodness! Um, <laughs>
3: Please move on. And here we go, Mike. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, let's. Uh, I'm just gonna move on. I'm gonna say, let's talk about comics that we are excited for this upcoming week. Comic books are releasing on May 22nd, 2019. What are you both excited for this week? Let's start with you, Kara.
2: <laughs> I'm still laughing, Mike. Hold on. I know. Uh, I know. Okay. So, am I. so, so, <laughs> so I picked Mary Shelley Monster Hunter Number Two from AfterShock Comics because of the title. But mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I forget where I read this article, but I recently read something that was contextualizing Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in uh, in terms of what was the common thought happening contemporaneously. and when she wrote frankenstein scientists really thought that they were going to be able to like create or prolong life within the next decade or so so when she wrote the story of dr frankenstein like creating like reanimating this corpse scientists were really convinced that they were only a few years away from that reality so Like, just imagine this book coming out and people being like, yes, this will definitely happen. Like, now we look back on it and we're like, oh, a monster story. But they thought that was going to be life or afterlife for a while. So having read that new historical context, I'm like, yes, Mary Shelley, go on. And when I was looking at the solicits for the first two issues of this series, I got like kind of mad at the solicit for the first one because it talks about how like people have been wondering for for decades for centuries how a 19 year old girl could have come up with this horrific monster well it's answered now in this comic which is a memoir of her fighting monsters and I was like wait a minute okay so So, what I'm hearing is that dudes have been wondering for centuries how a 19 year old girl could come up with monsters. Because if you've been a teenage girl, ooh, you can easily come up with that kind of horror. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just, I just need to make that clear to people. Like, if you're, if you have existed as a teenage girl, you have a wild imagination about all the terrible things that could happen to you and if you're a good writer yeah you could put that into a book i'm just saying it's it's not a shock to me that a 19 year old girl came up with the frankenstein story
1: yeah that seems like a weird way to start the like give a synopsis of the series like why not just say mary shelley also fought monsters and then wrote a book about it like i don't
2: know (laughs) anyways that was my one thing but i'm still drawn in by the title and i would like to know more that's my Mm -hmm.
1: pick cool chris what about you what are you excited for in the coming weeks
0: I mean, I've already read it, but uh, okay. there's a book coming out from IDW called Road of Bones. Um, okay. And it's a five-issue, like, historical horror book. Um, and it's uh, it all takes place sort of in the uh, Soviet gulags. Um, yeah, it's really messed up. Um, like, I don't want to give too much away, but, like, there's definitely... Um, weird like sort of uh uh, well one it's prison stuff which is like frightening enough um Mm -hmm. and it's like prison in the middle of nowhere like in the middle of siberia and it's about a prison break out of this prison um but there's also like weird folklore monsters and uh like i know where the story goes and it gets like even more messed up uh than it is in the first issue but uh I just, in terms of, like, recommending it to other people, I'd say uh, everybody should should check that out, if you're into that stuff. Like, if you like right. Ravenous, like, it's sort of a less funny Ravenous, I guess.
3: Who's the creative team?
0: Uh, it's uh, Rich Duick and uh, Alex McCormick. And I can't remember the colorist or letterer's name right now, because I'm terrible. But... But yeah, that comes out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, uh, uh, I'm bad at like knowing what's coming out, even of like my own stuff lately. I'm just like, that's all right. oh, right. No, that's I'm the happening.
3: same way. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, totally fine. I have no, I have no concept of, of like when stuff comes out because you're, yeah, like, especially if you're reading it or, you know, kind of because your friend sends it to you or like for work or whatever. It's a, it's a challenge to remember what day it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It all Mm. blurs.
3: Yeah. On that topic, I actually have not already read this book that I'm, recommending for my pick, which I usually have also. Um, But I started reading Middle West when it first came out, the um, Scotty Young and George Corona book from Image. And it actually was like kind of traumatizing for me. It was like a, it was traumatizing for me in a really specific way. And I was like, Oh, I don't think I can read this because it's just going to upset me. But everyone's talking about how wonderful this book is. And so now I feel like I should like power through. And so the trade is out next week. So I'm going to like, I'm going to be brave and I'm going to read it because it has like the DNA of all the stuff that I like, like um, Return to Oz and Miyazaki and like uh, that sort of uh, kind of childhood fan, dark fantasy adventure vibe. Mm -hmm. And I really dig that. So I'm just going to like push past the like Yelly Stepfather thing and and go for it.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, I, I feel like I've, I know I've seen this on the shelf. I, I don't know anything about this book. Like I don't know what it's about. All I know is that Scotty Young was on it and I was kind of just waiting for trade to hear what people heard about or said about it.
3: <laughs> well, everyone loves it and it's out next week in trade. So there you go.
1: I mean, yeah, that sounds like a perfect opportunity for me to check in on it. Um, cool. Well, for me this week, I'm excited for Runaways number 21. This is Rainbow Rowell and. On, I'm going to I'm going to butcher this but Andres Ginalé, probably and this is uh you know just a continuation of the runaway story for folks that have been you know in love with the runaways for forever like I have I think that Rainbow Rowell has been doing a fantastic job with this series i know i've said it since issue one and this book really makes me feel a lot of things a lot of the time every time and i'm very happy for that like i love all of the characters i love the way that she's developed them i think the alternating pencils between chris anka and um Andres Galay has been really good, because um, their styles are very similar, and it's it's overall it's it's been a solid book. Um, the, everything else that I had was X-Men books, and I feel like I wanted to give everyone a break this week and not plug an X-Men book, so. Um, Runaways 21 I, if you're not reading Runaways I highly recommend you do it because I think it's a really good series uh, even if you just jump on with this new run I think that Rainbow Rowell does a good job of summing up what's happened in the past with some of these characters pretty well there are some moments where I think like if you didn't read Vision you're going to miss out on some of the Victor Mancha stuff that happened but on the whole um, it's, it's a very good book and I think all the characters are just as easy enough that like you can fall in love with them just as easy as you did in the first series so yeah Runaways 21
2: Mike. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm so proud of you for finding a non-X title to plug. And s- <laughs> yeah. but but tangentially off that, one of my nerdy coworkers came up to me the other day and he was like, "Hey, are you following X-Men?" And I was like, "If by following X-Men, do you mean listening to Mike Rappin of the IRCB podcast explain what's happening? Because I feel like that's <laughs> the only way that I'll understand it. Then yes, mm-hmm. I am following it."
1: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I could be of service.
2: You are. That's your community service for the year. What Thank is hap- What exactly is happening in X-Men? Because nobody knows.
1: I. You know, I could. I could go on about that. Maybe I'll talk about that in the break. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we'll be back in a second. And Chris, we're gonna talk all about you and your awesome books that are coming up. our show this week we are talking with chris sabella he is a comic book creator and creator of multiple books chris what's going on with you man i know you've got some books coming out pretty soon um t i know you've got a whole list of questions let's just dive right into this thing let's talk about you what's going on with your world okay
3: (laughs) Um, i I want to talk about the most beautiful dog in the entire world all right also known as chris's dog zola who is perfect in every way
0: that's true (laughs) how did you guys meet so i'm i'm i legal uh, uh technically according to my lease i'm not allowed to have dogs um and the last time i i asked about getting a dog my landlord said no um but for some reason she allowed my next door neighbor to get a dog or my next door neighbor just got a dog and was like oh, fuck it i'm gonna get a dog uh and this is the worst dog in the world like this dog It's because she's a terrible owner, but basically, like, whenever she lets a dog out, it just goes out and barks and barks and barks um, until she lets it in. And it was, like, the dog woke me up one Saturday um, morning because I sleep in late. And I was like, you know what? Like, if I'm going to get woken up by a dog, I'm going to get my own damn dog. Like, (laughs) um, And immediately, like, that morning, I, like... I knew I couldn't go through the uh, through the Humane Society because they call your landlord to check so I just went on Craigslist and I was like looking for dogs and she was like on the first page maybe the second page but like you know there was a photo of her and I saw it and I was like this dog looks amazing Um, so I like I immediately emailed them and like we met on on Monday they had me come over and meet her And, like, it went really well. And then they were like, well, we have several other people, um, so we'll let you know in the next week. And I was like, okay. And as I was pulling up to my house from driving back from their place, I had an email. And they were like, we talked about it, and we we decided you should have her. Um,
3: I mean, you guys uh, seem like best friends. Yeah,
0: no, we totally are. Uh, You know, it's like I've been wanting a dog for ever um and i've just like never been in the right situation and so yeah i was finally just like you know what like the worst they can do is kick me out um and if they do then i at least have a dog to commiserate with um (laughs) but yeah like i just like i've been pining you know over dogs for so long that like i just feel like i built up a lot of good karma and so uh fate rewarded me with like the best dog ever.
3: It's really sweet to see. um, I don't know. Everyone needs to follow Chris on Twitter. We'll, we'll plug your Twitter handle at the end, but Mm -hmm. um, that's where you can follow the adventures of Chris and Zola. I feel like you need to be like, make a zine of your adventures or something just so we can like have it for posterity because it's so pure. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I've already, I figured I have to at some point, because I made a zine about all the dogs I would, photograph outside of coffee shops before I had a dog so this feels like the perfect response
3: it's true it's like a happy ending to the to the series
0: yeah yeah um yeah no we still have to go on like an actual adventure though like most of our adventures are just like walking around the neighborhood and trying to keep her from eating small animals
3: (laughs) (laughs) well you know I'm sure the small animals really appreciate that
1: yeah you got to start small with your adventures anyways right level one characters
0: eventually move up to higher levels and yeah D&D. But even, <laughs> even just for like neighborhood walks like she's already met like i live in a weird neighborhood i guess like because she's met so many chickens um some geese
1: <laughs> <What>? um,
0: <laughs> two goats uh and uh and some uh, some ducks i i think they aren't geese they were ducks i don't know um, yeah, we have a lot of people who keep uh chickens and other various animals in my neighborhood. So,
1: wowzer, that's cool.
2: How did so, those yeah. meetings go?
0: Uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, she, she gets rowdy and she will like when it's chickens and stuff, she will like sort of lunge at their fence, uh, <laughs> just to get them moving, I guess. Um, the goats, she is way more intimidated by because they're bigger than her. Um, so yeah she's you know she she likes other animals she's just confused by um she hates squirrels though Like I mean
3: squirrels are fuckers
0: <laughs> yeah no and, and squirrels like are like actively taunting her now right <laughs> there's like a network <laughs> squirrels and crows like she crows mostly because she doesn't understand how birds work um <laughs> that, I think she, it makes her hate them or at least like want to get up close and figure it out
3: right well if she ate one she might be able to understand
0: adapt their powers
3: yeah (laughs) um to segue dog talk into comic talk there was a um there's a scene in crowded where they realize that the dog they've kind of adopted is microchipped and this is a problem um i won't be like super specific about if people are spoiler sensitive but um and i thought to myself oh my god what are they gonna do to this fucking dog wait no it's okay it's chris chris will not harm a dog in his comic
0: yeah no that's like the one thing you can i i constantly put dogs in my comics but yeah i will never uh i'm not here for that so uh like i'll hurt people all day long sure sure yeah yeah. (laughs) because who gives a shit but uh (laughs) but yeah not a dog unless it was like one of those really bad dogs Like Hitler's
3: dog or something. Is that his fault that he's Hitler's (laughs) dog? There's no bad dogs.
0: I don't know. That dog might have been into it.
3: Who knows? So, okay. Crowded is nominated for an Eisner for Best New Series. And also you've been um, chatting a lot with one Rebel Wilson about... uh, Because didn't she option Crowded? Yeah. So it sounds like that's been... Happening,
0: uh, yeah. I got an email from her this morning, um, asking about uh, one of the characters, and sort of she wanted some clarification on my reasoning behind something we did in the first arc. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, a- so yeah, I mean, like they're pretty close to being done with uh, the first draft of the screenplay, um, so yeah I don't know. It's all super weird uh, like if this yeah, this book is just like I always like I don't know, like I'm rarely ever like super confident about my stuff, but like I always knew that like crowded was really good and that it would like I just like you know, it was like the one thing I felt like, okay, I can be arrogant about this because like just look at it. this is a really good book, um.
3: I remember talking about it with you uh, um in our this is not an interview. I mean it's such a tight concept. If for people who haven't seen it or haven't heard the other interview, do you want to just like give the elevator pitch for it?
0: Yeah, it's uh so it takes place what I call 10 minutes in the future and it's basically our world except more uh so like everybody kind of works for apps. Um you know, everybody's like driving for Uber and Lyft and doing like six other things um but one of the other uh big popular apps is called reaper and it's basically a kickstarter for assassinations um so uh if if you know uh your ex is pissing you off um or you know the barista at starbucks keeps misspelling your name and you just can't stand it anymore you can open a campaign on them and as long as somebody gives money Um, then somebody can go out and kill that person and collect, uh, whatever's been raised. So our story is about a woman named Charlie who wakes up one morning, has a a Reaper campaign open on her, and it's already at a million dollars and she has no idea why. So she hires, uh, the lowest rated bodyguard on our Uber for bodyguard app. Uh, her name is Vita and they basically go on the run for the next 30 days Uh, While everybody is trying to kill them and collect the money and they're trying to figure out exactly why this is happening. So it's a futuristic ish uh, buddy comedy. I knew that it was kind of a dystopia when
3: Supernatural was still on. (laughs) <laughs> and, like there's a there's a part where someone's looking at Charlie's uh, DVR and I'm like oh my god Supernatural is still on like no good can come of this world yeah. but you could say that about now
1: like how <laughs> okay.
2: did Supernatural a, a show that was supposed to run for five seasons how is it at
1: 15 I think it's this out... is the last season I mean not to get too no, into saying like,
0: like.
2: like Tia's right if they've if they've come like if they've outpaced themselves by two thirds already who's really to stop them like, I know they said this is the last season, but is it? <laughs> they could just keep going.
0: They could. That's basically what they've been doing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, But I feel like the book in general takes, like, a really cynical view of, like, crowdfunding and crowdsourcing. Um, but then it also kind of balances that because, um, particularly with this Reaper app, it's a- also a way to, like, I guess, take back checks and balances towards like political figures
1: yeah Yeah, i really really enjoyed that bit in the like explanation that we got for it um just from i think it was issue two that had that that was really cool
0: oh thanks yeah um yeah like i'm not you know like it's not a book that's like you know the internet is evil or any of that shit like because i i love the internet like as terrible as it is um and i love all these apps like as terrible as they are Uh, it's just that, you know, the book is more about like, here's how, like, here's how easily this stuff can be abused. Like, it's, it's not technology that's the problem. It's people like, uh, you know, it's like when, uh, the, the joke about, you know, whenever some new audiovisual technology comes along, the first people to innovate are pornographers. Like, so it's like, you know, it's like you, he give you could give the world, like, here's the most amazing device ever. And somebody would figure out a way to, like, watch porn on it or murder somebody with it. Like, it's just, you know, it's human nature. So it's just more about, like, you know, it's like the access we get sort of opens up the the menu of, like, shitty things that we can do.
3: I feel like Charlie, the, the sort of protagonist who has this um, campaign taken out against her, she's a really interesting, kind of, I guess, non-malicious example of that, because, like, she's kind of awful. I mean, I'm reading it, and I'm like, I don't want to be friends with you, but I also <laughs> get you. Like, I, like, I feel you. I, I am you sometimes. And it must be so hard to write a character like that, where you're like, you're not likable, but everyone's gonna feel you.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, the thing with Charlie that I set out to do, I guess, initially... And I've strayed a little bit from it, but I think that it's still there in the DNA is like, I wanted to write Charlie as, uh, as if, uh, the, the, uh, manic pixie dream girl were real. Um, and just like how toxic and terrible that person would be like, yeah. I'm just like, um, I'm just like, oh, I'm so quirky. And I say what I think. And I, you know, um. You know, and it's just, like, I'm I'm perfect. And it's just, like, oh, you just leave, like, a trail of destruction in your way. Like, I just wanted <laughs> to make, like, this sort of, like, mutant version of the manic pixie dream girl uh, who is just, like, yeah, just, like, here's, uh, you know, here's what actually, like, you don't see uh, in, in movies like 500 Days of Summer or whatever is, like, you don't see, like, oh, here's, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was, like, the initial impulse with her and it's definitely like shifted a little bit but yeah it's I don't know I I have uh uh you know I've had friendships with people that if if I wasn't friends with them I I wouldn't be able to stand them at all (laughs) um so so yeah I don't know it's it's yeah it's it's fun just sort of giving into like the, the she's just at times she's just like pure id she just kind of does whatever she likes and and it's uh, it, you know like the 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 big problem with the book initially was like uh, you know i wasn't sure who was the hero if it was if it was uh charlie or vita and then i realized like it's it's not an either like it has to be both of them like the book would fall apart if it was just focused on one of them like it's the two you know it's vita being like a constant grump um
1: yeah that Mm -hmm. like
0: really balances out uh charlie being like a constant pain in the ass
1: and it's a lot of fun i mean the the back and forth between the two of them super works uh i (laughs) i i definitely found myself laughing out loud in a lot of cases um throughout the book so uh you you've done you've done your job sir thanks Um, uh, yeah
0: no it's my like i just yeah i i I don't know, you know, I, 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 it's, it's pretentious when people say it, but it's true, like, the, the, the character at a certain point will start telling you what they're going to do and what, what does and doesn't make sense for them, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like I, I worked out Charlie and Vita enough that, like, now it's just, like, yeah, it's it's, like, I don't even have to think that hard when I'm writing dialogue for them, like, they're just so there now and so kind of real to me that they kind of take over at a certain point.
1: Gotcha. Do you do you see like a like a this going for like a long term book? Like, are you going like a sixty issues with this
0: series? Are you thinking like anything Uh, anything short? Twenty four issues is our goal. Okay. Um, Okay. So so yeah, we're working on the second arc right now. That starts in July. Um. So so yeah, like I'm I have the whole thing. Like I know the very last line of the book. Like have the whole thing plotted out. Like so. Very nice. So yeah, uh, and that was like one of the things was like putting that like 30 day timetable right at the beginning of the campaign is like cool like now this book can't go on forever like we have to like you know 30 days is going to show up sooner than later so we have to right. get to an ending
3: I like books that have endings I don't understand how people can get invested in like invincible walking dead kind of like you know 100 billion ongoing I just I don't know. My maybe because I have such a an obsessive attention span, like I, I and things that are self contained I can kind of go back and comb through them, whereas if they start to spill out, then it's just like I don't know. I I appreciate a good ending. Let's
2: not recommend supernatural to you then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why
3: I'm like, it's my hell.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I always like to, you know, know where a story is gonna go before I start. Writing it. Like, I don't want to, um, cause I feel like, yeah, there's definitely, there's, there's going to be filler in a lot of that stuff, you know, even like, like a show like Lost, which I, I still love and will still defend, like, still had a lot of sag where, you know, it's like, oh, we have to fill up 24 episodes a year. I guess we're going to give, like, we'll waste some time over here. Like, I feel like it's better if you're, if you know where you're going and what you have to do, then there's less chance of you like wasting any of that real estate. Like, because suddenly it's like, oh, crap, I only have 24 issues. So I have to make every bit of it count.
3: With a book like Crowded that that is getting a lot of attention from various corners, does it sort of draw all of your focus or do you start to kind of like feel like it's too much I uh, kind of too much in your brain and you want to move on to other things. Is it like your favorite child or do you, do you keep a lot of it? Uh,
0: I mean, it's definitely one of my preferred children. Yes. Um, (laughs) Like it's, it's the kid I have the most fun with. Um, you know, there, there are other books that like affect me, you know, like I'm, we're, we're wrapping up the third and final arc of heartthrob right now. And like, Oh, yeah. That book, you know, uh is a favorite, but on, you know, that's like a kid that like I can sit down and kind of get deep with. Um, right. and like we can have some adult level discussions. Um which is not to say that like crowded doesn't have adult stuff to it, but it's just, I don't know, there's just like even even when crowded gets like kind of somber uh, and real, like it's it's still all a hundred percent fun for me. Like I just I, I love every bit of it, like seeing what Ro and Ted do with my scripts and like how good Triona makes it look when she colors it. And like, uh, it's just, yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's the one I I'm, I'm excited to hang out with the most, like, you know, uh, heartthrob as much as I love it can be like uh can be difficult um because it's you know a much like deeper and i guess more emotional book for me um it's you know uh hanging out with it is is a lot more uh, fraught with the uh, uh wobbly wobbly feelings whereas crowded yeah. is like i always know i'm going to have a good time it's always going to be like a total blast
3: I'm glad that heartthrobs coming back i really love that book
0: Yeah yeah we're uh you yeah, know that's another one that like Uh, you know, I've, I've known where it's been going. We've just, you know, uh, been sort of quietly working on it in the background.
1: Gotcha. Can you tell us a little bit about your two new upcoming books you said you have coming out?
0: Uh, yeah. So, uh, the first one is test, uh, from vault comics. Uh, and that's, uh, myself, Jen Hickman, uh, Harry, Saxon and uh Hassan Askmani Alahu uh and it's a uh I guess we're calling it a biopunk western um which oh
1: my goodness uh, that's uh, a that's a lot
0: <laughs> it's a mouthful yeah um but basically it's uh it's the story of uh you know I'm not good at the elevator pitch on this one but basically it's the story of this um this mythical town in the Midwest called Laurelwood where, uh, they're supposed to be test marketing the future. Like they have products that don't exist. Uh, they're showing movies from franchises uh, with actors that don't exist in our world. Like they're, you know, they, they have test market towns all throughout America where they test out like new Burger King meals or, you know, terrible KFC sandwiches. Um, So this is like a town where like, no, we're testing things that are like 50 years down the road. Um, And our story is about uh, our main character is this uh, human guinea pig who has basically been living their life like uh, making money off of nominating themselves for research studies where they get, you know, like we're going to dose you with this drug or we're going to deprive you of sleep for two weeks and pay you, you know, like a thousand dollars um so it's yeah this sort of like human guinea pig who wanders into this mythical town and and what happens um it's a really weird uh like uh, the fact that like i can't talk very precisely about it it's just like i don't know it's it's a really strange book but i love it it's uh like it's and and like even the first issue like it it feels like a a, like a euro comic like it doesn't feel like a like a traditional comics market comic it feels like we're doing like some sort of like mobius type thing not that i'm saying that i'm anywhere that any of us is anywhere near mobius (laughs) yeah no no i'm just saying like i get that vibe of like this doesn't feel like uh, you know you're you're sort of traditional western comics i guess it, gotcha.
3: it, it really surprises me that you don't have a digestible elevator pitch because i feel like you're that's like you're really good at that all of your books i think have just such a solid tight elevator pitch and then you kind of fill them in with all of the like cool character stuff and like world building so i'm i'm really excited to read this now because that sounds very different from
0: yeah you know it's it It is like it's it's yeah, it's very different from a lot of my other stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's why I find it hard to talk about it just because it it feels alien to me at times. It feels like did I have anything to do with this? Um,
2: <laughs> it sounds like you're trying to describe a dream that you just woke up from and can't quite remember. And that kind of solidified for me when you said, oh, this feels kind of more like a European comic, more like a French comic. I'm like, oh, so it's like, you you know what it is, but describing it doesn't do it justice because there's more to it than just the words, if that makes sense.
0: No, for sure. Yeah, no, that feels very dead on. Um, but yeah, just like, uh, yeah, I've always had trouble like sort of boiling tests down to, uh two or three lines because it feels like something much bigger and, and sort of fuzzier than a lot of my other stuff. Um gotcha. but my other book, uh Trustfall, uh, which is coming out from Aftershock also next month, um, is with uh Chris Visions, who uh we we did three volumes of a my first sort of like big creator own book, Dead Letters. Um so Trustfall is uh, is about a, a woman who uh, has the ability to teleport things, um, but not herself. And she is a member uh, like her family is a crime family and she's sort of the golden goose. So they send her to go rob like impossible things and then she has to get out and then they're supposed to come and pick her up. Like that's the trust fall element is like she could teleport everything away, but she can never teleport herself. So she's still relying on them. Um, and basically it's about what happens when, when her family isn't there to catch her and she starts to discover like that her life is, is nothing like what she thought it was. Um, it's just sort of like a lean five issue, like revenge, uh, story. Um, but with like, yeah, with like teleportation powers. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like sort of like cool and fun. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's one of the things that like, it, it got deeper than I thought it would. Uh, I just thought like, well, here's a cool concept. And then, the more I got into it, the more sort of emotional it became. But like at its heart, it's like, you know, I'm very inspired by like the movie Firestarter with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, so just like like destruction, um, of just like here's the one person in the world who can do this thing, and like, what would they do if you really pissed them off?
1: Hmm. Interesting. That's I, I. Would you say that like. I guess I was going to ask this when you were talking about Test. Would you say that a publisher like Vault kind of lends to doing weirder books like like that? Um, I mean, yeah. it sounds like something like Trustfall is like seems like more in the realm of the type of books that Aftershock puts out. Like, are those publishers influenced in the types of stories that you're writing?
0: Um, no, it's more of like a, who, you know, like I'm working on these stories regardless, and it just becomes a case of like who I think uh, would have a better uh would would sort of get it more and and gotcha. vault, like when i sent tests to vault like they got it right away and on a on a level that was like okay cool i can like like they understand what i'm going for here um which you know as i've been repeating it's like hard for me to put into words what i'm going for here but like i felt like they understood on a on a an intrinsic level so and it's been you know since working with them it's like Prove true every step of the way is like they, they get it and they're working to help make it become a real thing. Uh, whereas like aftershock, you know, I did my book Cold War with them, um, which was also just like a sort of like big concept uh, sci-fi sort of uh, uh, mayhem book. So like that that went so well with them that I felt like something else. Sort of in that same ballpark uh, would would be a good fit, and like I pitched them that book like uh, over a table at like New York Comic Con, um, oh, wow! Like in the middle of like a crowded lunchroom, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was just like you know something you you kind of get a feel after a while of like what feels right where.
3: So I um I know that you have two-headed press where you do a lot of your like zines and indie stuff and you were talking recently about doing kind of a pivot with it and creating um a pilot program aka definitely not chris's proto cult right <laughs> and i was just wondering if you could tell us more about that or if are you is all of your attention focused on these books with um bigger publishers now or do you have any indie books or zines that you're besides your chris and zola forever uh, that you're working on
0: yeah no I have uh I have like two more zines uh that like I want to do I'm just trying to find the time to and and at least on one of them I want to collaborate with an artist to sort of illustrate it because it's much more text driven I don't have a ton of like visual accompaniment to go with it like some of my other stuff um but uh so yeah, I have like a couple and I have like one huge project that I want to do that I've been wanting to do, I think for the last 20 years now. Um, so I'm going to get to that soon, but, but the, the mentor pilot program thing was just like, um, I don't know. I feel like there's, uh, there's always been like this weird gulf, um, between like wanting to break into comics and, being in comics and there's like there's nobody ever really sits down and says like okay here's what you can expect or like here's what you should work on um i don't know and i just feel like it's it would be useful uh to a lot of people um and i've been inspired by like my friend robert wilson um at Emerald city every year. Now he does these uh, new creator breakfasts where he will invite, uh, you know, creators who don't have anything out, who are just trying to break in. And he, you know, does a breakfast with them and basically talks to them about industry stuff. And uh, like Jen Bartel announced her mentorship thing for FlameCon, um, So I was like, that's like, I want to, I want to do something like that. Um, and, you know, I took part in, uh, DC's, uh, writer workshop thinger. Um, and you know, like not to say that like what Scott Snyder did in that was easy, but it at least like, it gave me a framework to sort of, be like, oh, I can sort of do that on a much smaller scale. Um, and, you know, ideally, like, I don't know, I just want to, like, if people have questions or, you know, people want uh, just a bit of a helping hand, like, I know how impossible this industry can look from the outside um, or, you know, any any creative industry. Like, it's like, how the, how the fuck do I get in there? And it's like, not that I'm saying, like, Oh, I'll I'll totally teach you the keys to become a comic superstar. <laughs> right. um, cuz I certainly don't know how to be a superstar, but uh, like at least I can be like, okay, well here's, you know, here's what I know and maybe you'll find this useful. And if you don't, then like, you know, there's worse ways to spend your time, I guess than listening to somebody who sort of knows what they're doing. I mean, well, it sounds you like, seem you, like you're you, doing fine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not like you know i'm not like a huge comic superstar but like i feel like i've i've carved out my spot and you know that i've i've found uh i've found you know my audience and i have found a a place that like where publishers are receptive to the stories that i want to tell so you know it's like i'm not I'm not buying a mansion, but I'm I'm not starving either. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, this is all I could have hoped for as a kid when I dreamed about being a writer is like, well, I could still like, you know, keep the lights on and play video games. So it's not all bad.
3: Living a dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was talking about this recently with someone how I'm, I'm like, someone that I know from high school and, and I was like, okay, I'm basically... A teenager with like a job and some savings, and you know, but I'm not an adult by any stretch in terms of like, you know, the, what I do with my days on a like, you know, minute to minute basis. Like, I don't, I don't do, you know, I read comic books all day. That's what I do. And, and I like play around. I don't, I don't, you know, yeah. Do your taxes for fun
2: or, go to play tennis at the country club or I don't know what a grownups do. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what they do. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: Well, you know, I think I, I, am I'm pretty good with questions. I realize we're kind of running out of tape here. Um, any, any last things for Chris, Kara and Tia?
2: I've, I've just been sitting back and and enjoying the, the explanation of all of these wonderful worlds that you've created. It sounds like, um, it sounds like characters are important to you. And that speaks to me because I like a plot can be garbage, but if I'm there for one of the characters, I won't, it doesn't that really matter to me. So.
0: Um. Yeah, no, that's, that's how I feel. Like I, you know, it's like, I, I, I sort of got lost for a little bit where I got super, when I was like pitching, I remember I pitched uh crowded to a different publisher and they were like, well, that concept sounds cool, but th- like, uh, and I realized like, oh yeah, there's no like characters there. Like, and I, I had to refocus everything. I mean, cause that's what I love, but I got, I started to get sidetracked by like, oh, that's a really cool plot. But it's like, I, one, like the, as a reader, I'm not going to give a shit if there's nothing for me to hold on to. And mm-hmm. uh, two, as a, as a writer, like I need to care about these people in order to like tell their story. I can't just like. Be like, yep, that's a really cool concept. Like, uh, wish it wasn't full of cardboard, but
1: uh, <laughs> right, like, right. I
0: want it. I want it to matter. Like, even the most like ridiculous, outlandish concept. I want like, you know, uh, a lady who teleports shit. Like, I want people, you know, people to feel that, um, mm-hmm. feel like what she's about and what she's going through. And like, I feel like that just makes everything more important because if it's just like oh here's some you know cipher doing this it's like okay like i i like you don't remember stories like that you don't you know you remember people like you remember like how how sort of characters speak to you uh or or like offend the shit out of you sometimes like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think that's you know that's the heart of it for me so so yeah like I can't I can't just like write a thing and just be like well I hope this concept carries it along because because I'm just gonna get bored uh, before the reader does so
1: gotcha Tia any any final thoughts or sayings and things you want to just throw at Chris before we, <laughs> we sign off here Um.
3: well no, I guess I'm gonna um, rope you into if we're di- if we're doing an Eisner fashion zine, like you should be in our Eisner fashion zine. All right, because <laughs> you're a nominee; it's a big deal.
0: It's true. Yeah, I'll uh, yeah, I'll get a very uh, I'll get the fanciest hat I can find.
3: <laughs> I don't think I can picture you in a hat. Every time I've seen you, you've been in a hoodie. A nice dress hat. We need to get you like your black tie hoodie.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be dope. no. Yeah, if I if I could just wear a hoodie everywhere, I'd be totally. I mean, I pretty much do.
3: Right.
1: <laughs> right. You you write comic books for a living. You can do that. It's totally fine. <laughs> I
0: mean, even before I wrote comic books for a living, like I I think like once I went freelance, uh, it was like, oh okay, now hoodies make sense to me, like, right? In a way they right. never did before.
1: <laughs> well, cool, uh, Chris. Where can people find you on the internet, and where can they find your stuff to read?
0: Um. So the. Best place, I guess, on social media is uh, Twitter, uh, where I'm uh, at Xtop, X-T-O-P, or you can go to my website, which is com. Yeah, other than that, I'm on Instagram, but uh, I mean, if you're into that, so... It's also Xtop. Um,
1: Those are some legit usernames you've got there. Xtop, that's a tough one. Four characters? I, I just would, have to say I'm, I'm very yeah. much impressed.
0: Well, I logged on the you know all these sites back when they started, so I, I got my, my four-character uh, avatar name. <laughs>
1: Very nice um, <laughs> i that's just my random thing i always I always find those t- usernames impressive because like a friend of ours you know uh who does the, his own podcast he was on the comicsologist podcast uh he had a username slim and someone hijacked it from him and using like crazy workarounds like had to steal his telephone number and stuff it's a whole thing so um I hope you have two factor authentication turned on I, I don't do know. I do. Uh, Okay, good, good. Um, <laughs> anyways, sorry not to like put that weird thought in your head. Um, you can follow the rest of us on Twitter. You can follow Tia at Portrait of Madam X, spelled the cool French way. You can follow Kara at Kara S. Zam. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast where we post the show as well as retweet all sorts of stuff from people on the show and other creators and things like that. Um, and we, we also post on Instagram. I try to get on there a couple times a week and post things and post stories because... Um, it's fun i guess it's a it's a more interesting way to explore social media as far as i'm concerned
3: we also have a goodreads group you can check it out for weekly threads and just a pretty thriving community of people to talk about comic books with and you can also go to com, where we have merch and all of the shows and a pronunciation guide where we will add chris sabella (laughs) yes
1: (laughs)
0: sweet
3: Please rate the show and subscribe, tell your friends, share the show with everyone, and uh, it helps us out a lot, and we really appreciate it
2: can email us with comments questions jokes etc at ircb at for example if you have justification of why supernatural has been on the air 10 seasons past its prime tell us you can subscribe on our patreon at patreon.com ircbpodcast ircb podcast for exclusive audio and articles early access to top of my pile posts and more
1: Infinity Shred does all the music for our show They are the best band in the universe You can check out their stuff at infinityshred.com Or on Bandcamp Xander is a true wizard of the highest regalia uh, He also edits the show And he's just a plain nice guy Who is really good at being a dungeon master And game master I just want to put that out for the world to know I want to say thank you to Tia and Care for being on the show Chris, thank you so much for spending time with us today And talking about comics and your dog And everything, It's it's been a total blast
0: Yeah, thanks for having me
1: And until next time, comics are good, and so are you.